to episode two of Expanding Beyond. Uh, yay, we made it to a second episode, which I guess <laughs> is already something for a podcast. Next stop would be 10 episodes, I guess. Oh, yes. As always, with me is Monica from somewhere else here in Munich. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> hello, everyone. Uh, hello, Urban. I'm doing good, um, despite the weather. Um, having a cat or keeping you company is definitely helpful. Mm -hmm. How are you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, really raining today mm. and yesterday uh, here, so you can't really go out. I did go for a walk today when it wasn't raining too much, but yeah, not the best weather. But I yeah. guess we can record a podcast instead. Yes, that's the perfect weather for recording. All right, so we actually already got some uh, listener feedback. Thank you so much for that. Uh, number one is from one of my co-workers who <laughs> complained or didn't complain, but nicely pointed out that maybe a better microphone would be nice for you. I know. And that's why I got a new microphone <laughs> for myself <laughs> just last week. Um, let's hope this time is better. Yes. Let me know. Yes, but I mean, I it was clear that at some point that would be necessary, but I just wanted to get started and see if we can actually do this together or if we would fail catastrophically. And then I didn't want to make you buy a microphone for MVP. just one episode. Everything is about MVPs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then my buddy from Austria complained that I'm not playing computer games and he I was appalled about that. Mm. I share the concern. So when I think back, the last games that I really played were, what was it? Settlers 2, mm -hmm. which is like, I don't know, 95 or something. Yeah, um, some time ago. Uh, the original uh, Warcraft. Oh, that's great. <laughs> And then, I don't know, I think, uh, I don't know, I don't know if this is known, that's a German game, Anno 1602 or something. 1602, I think I heard of it. Where you build, I don't know, a, a colony somewhere with pirates and stuff like that. Pirates? <laughs> that's interesting. Well you're, well, you're not the pirate, you're sort of the settlers. That, But anyway. And then I basically started programming and never looked back i must say well <laughs> it can be seen as a game if you think about it uh, now i started game that i was i was a little kid i was six uh, and for those that don't know me it's a long time ago it's more than mm. 30 years ago <laughs> so it was already at the very beginning of the modern era of uh, of computers um i i started gaming because my dad has always been uh, passionate about technology, uh, so we had a Commodore 64, mm -hmm. and uh, there was this beautiful game of a princess you had to save her uh, in the castle. Uh, I mean, nothing fancy, but mm -hmm. uh, back then it was this imaginary world where we already um, they were already carrying me away uh, when when mm -hmm. I was a kid, uh, and since then I never actually stopped. It, just fun and i play 
a little bit of everything, to be honest. I played strategic games, I played role-playing games. One of the games I spent most time on was uh, The Sims. Uh, that's actually okay. something that helped me learning so much uh, English vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I I learned English by trying to install Debian on a computer, basically. <laughs> I see, I see. Uh, yeah, a I learned way. English yeah. with games and uh, TV series. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, TV series that just doesn't work in Germany, right? Because everything is dubbed. Yeah, in Italy too. Uh, but I, it was already like, it was like 18, 20. So uh, internet has started to become a thing that was... Um, fast enough to download uh, and stream uh, content online. So also uh, content in uh, original language was available, even if on the TV, on the public TV, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see it. So mm -hmm. uh, I was, I, I always think about myself as being very lucky, being at the right time, uh, right, right place. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I guess we are at a similar age. I just started with computers 10 years later. My parents weren't really into this and we had our first computer when I was 16. Mm -hmm. And then it quickly became my obsession, I guess. <laughs> I can understand. Uh, I was the one in class where, uh, to whom people would always go for, for help with the computer uh, because I had been around the computer since, since I was a kid again. So I mm -hmm. knew how to move around without being like particularly nerdy, uh, but I just knew how to use it. And for people that got their first computer when they were 16, it was like completely alien. Yeah, it became an assertion. I can, <laughs> I can understand. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, at some point you suggested, I think I should look into Destiny, mm -hmm. but I'm not a first person shooter kind of yes. guy. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I will look into. Maybe at some point. I, I sort of always feel, uh, I don't know. To me, it's a bit of a wasted time. I don't know. Mm. I don't feel like that when I'm reading a book for some reason, even though it's basically the same thing. It depends know. a lot on the game, to be honest. Uh, there are some games, like one of the latest I've been playing is um, Death Stranding by Hideo Kojima and that is content that doesn't feel like you're wasting your time um, Destiny especially at the beginning uh, or at least until a few months ago uh, didn't felt that way either to me at least like there's a lot of lore that it's uh, interesting and, and, and beautiful to consume uh, mm -hmm. and you can find a lot of content also in there um, it's it's a weird first person shooter it's not like just it wasn't just mechanical and, and that that was i'm also not a big fan of uh, fps um, but lately they've changed the the game dynamics and it feels a lot like grind and then yes it felt like a like a waste of time and then i i haven't the game up since since a while again i understand your feeling uh, <laughs> time is limited uh, so. that is true yeah 
I'm open to suggestions, but I'm not sure <laughs> if and when I will. suggestions on uh, about games. But, yes. Uh, I'm also looking at uh, new things, so... Uh, what was our email address? I think hosts at expandingbeyond.it exactly. or just reach out somewhere. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us uh, on... I think it's... We're pretty findable. <laughs> <laughs> As a software developer, you have to be. Yes. yes. <laughs> so the other day, I... I talking about reachability and, and online presence, uh, I was... Uh, browsing twitter and uh, i came across one of your one of your tweets regarding um genetic programming mm -hmm. uh, and i have no idea what's that about can <laughs> you tell us a little bit more yeah genetic programming um so i studied bioinformatics and so there we learned a lot about the various uh, machine learning um, tasks, uh, machine learning uh, techniques that are out there and genetic programming is one of the, I would say, more esoteric and a bit weirder ones and of course that is kind of interesting because these days everyone uses uh, neural networks and stuff like that and yeah, so genetic programming is basically yeah, I think the description is pretty nice because what you do is you use a version of uh, Darwinian evolution to evolve uh, actual uh, programming code. Mm -hmm. So you start out with a random program and then you sort of whatever the, the task is uh, that you're trying to achieve, I don't know, you want image recognition, I don't know, whatever. You sort of run your program on a set of test cases and then you can sort of uh, determine how good that is. That is sort of the, uh, defines the fitness of those programs. And then you have a large population of them and you do that for all of them. And then you pick uh, some of them for the next generation and you either copy them over or you do some uh, mixing and matching. Uh, of the individuals and sometimes you also m mutate them sort of basically how nature works simplified i guess okay so it's kind of like the life's game if i recall correctly uh you mean game of life game of life yes that that's what i was looking for i'm not sure I mean, you you sort of you work in distinct uh, generations, right? Mm -hmm. You you have defined your fitness function, whatever that may be. So I'm I wa I'm want to learn about the technique and then apply it to a actual game where you play a tank and you need to sort of shoot the other tanks and be the last one standing. Okay. So the fitness function would be how often do you win against the others, right? And then you run that for all your individuals in your current generation and then you sort of pick the fittest ones and generate the next generation out of them. Okay, okay, I see. So I think Game of Life is more, you have a set of fixed rules and then you just, time ticks on and you see what happens. Yeah. Did you did you manage to, uh, to start already? Uh, is it? <laughs> I started reading the, the, the book. 
I think I actually, the book, I I believe this was actually at your employer at one of the meetups where someone oh, talked really? about it. Yeah, there there's a book, I think from a free uh, uh, PDF book from 2008 where, where one of the research- researchers in that topic actually uh, did a survey on on what's what's out there and that's kind of a nice primer to get into this again so i did that in university i looked to this to this already and yeah so i'm reading that book and afterwards i'll i'll look into getting started okay well it kind of makes sense for that book to be uh in my employer's uh um, office but we do use machine learning for uh for our uh coach coaching algorithm therefore mm-hmm. um, there are people in the in the building interested into the topic so that that's how far i got and sort of this game i i want to look into is called robocode mm-hmm. so this is basically a a java environment where you write the code to program a tank and then you can let your program pl- uh, play against other programs and yeah, we'll see if I'll write in Java or if I just don't and try something else like Clojure or any, or maybe JRuby. I don't know yet. Something. Okay, because that would have been my next question. Like <laughs> Java, really? Uh, before, before people get upset, I don't have anything against Java. It's just not my cup of tea. That's it. <laughs> it's like JavaScript. For me, it was, uh, just my brain cannot really grasp it, so uh, it makes life more difficult for me. Yeah, just like we try to get rid of JavaScript by having WebAssembly, we can now also use the JVM instead of using Java. Yeah, um, <laughs> or Kotlin for that matter. Yeah, have you thought about it? Yeah, but I'm I'm I've always been uh, interested in those Lisp languages. There, mm. there are a lot of fun. And I don't think there's a Haskell for the JVM. Well, there probably is, but not a real functioning <laughs> there one. Is, yes, <laughs> there's always a Haskell for any uh, any environment. Um, so that sounds like a fun idea to to get back into that. Yeah. As well, but yeah, I don't know yet. Maybe this is I'm overdoing it, and it's like learning about a, how to program that game, a new language, and a machine learning technique at the same time might mm. be a bit overdoing it could be could be let's see so for now i'll just read the book and take notes and then i'll decide afterwards can you really keep your hands off the keyboard i actually can yeah okay because i was also thinking about how to keep my uh programming skills sharp now that i barely have any time for coding i started reading this this book on uh, building git it was actually recommended, I think, by Corey Haynes, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like I started reading it and uh, it's very well written and explains a lot of the details on why Git behaves the way it behaves, why the folders have a certain structure uh, mm-hmm. and everything. And there's code in it, of course. Um, and I was thinking, okay, like we're going to rebuild Git, therefore I'm going to write some code to rebuild Git. But the code is mostly there already. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to end up touching the keyboard again. Therefore, um, let me write the tests for this command line <laughs> program. <laughs> 
So now I'm deep into the rabbit hole of writing tests for a Ruby command line program that is not as easy as I thought, actually. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still programming every day, mm -hmm. right? And I have this other side project, which is a small Rails app that I'm also doing on the side sometimes. When do you find the time to do all these things? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I used to find the time when I was commuting because mm -hmm. then I sat in the train for like half an hour okay. one way and then half an hour the other. And that's where I built most of the stuff. But now I'm home and I'm not doing it as much. Mm. I should really ditch Twitter. Yes, that's what I also noticed. It works better when you close down mm. everything else and then you say i'm doing this for an hour now and then afterwards i check stuff again yeah maybe maybe that that is actually more helpful because compared to other social networks like i'm not on facebook anymore i still have my account because reasons you never okay. know but um yeah I, I deleted mine yeah <laughs> i was thinking about deleting it i haven't looked at it in like three years now i'm not on instagram or uh anything like that i keep twitter and i keep reddit because i find useful information in them like mm -hmm. i i really keep track of what's happening in the world uh i keep tabs on the community and and it's easier to find people that are not in the exact same conditions i am uh, so that my uh, my view of the world broadens a bit mm-hmm Yeah. So I still find them valuable compared to other social networks. But it's because that's how social networks are built. Uh, it's very easy to have them sink your time like crazy. Yeah, I mean, they're built around the idea of keeping you there as long as possible. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Therefore, I'm not... Uh, I really have to get more disciplined and, and uh, keep track of the time that I spend on, on that. So I started since yesterday setting an alarm whenever I open Twitter. Uh, I log in Twitter because I always log out. So they, I have another barrier to the void and I set it to half an hour. Uh, and then it's, I realize how much, a little bit more, how much time I'm, I'm spending on, on that. Because as we said at the beginning, time is finite. So. Yeah, there's always more to do than there's time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, normally I, I, I tend to prefer real books and not read them on the computer. Mm. But as that was a free PDF, I, yeah. I'm making an exception there. But normally I, I still buy, uh, paper books because then you sit on the couch. You don't even have the computer next to you. And it's also easier. It's slightly easier to, to stay focused. Uh, I would need to really ditch also my, my phone. Not to not to look at it, but uh, mm. I agree with you. Um, it also, I buy a lot of paper books. Many, many, most of them are are paper books because for learning, it helps me a lot having a spatial sense of where information is uh, in the book. It's in the top left side of the page. It's at the beginning, at the end. Um, it 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 helps me my brain. Uh, recollecting uh, the pieces of information um, and it also works for writing so if i have to take notes even when i was in high school i would never repeat out loud the lesson that i needed to learn or or things like that i would write it down um, mm -hmm. and that helps my brain retain the information much more 
again, special memory. Uh, and visual cues also, like colors, things like that. Don't yeah. think about anything super fancy like drawings or, or anything like that, but um, a bit of color helps also a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's, that brings us to our next topic, I guess. Yes. You and your notes and me and throwing my notes away, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this this time it was the other way around where I saw one of your tweets where you said, I don't know, what did you say? I said exactly. I was. I think I was asking for people. How do they keep their notes? Like, how do you remember where you put this piece of information that you collected? The the first question is, of course, do you do this on paper or digitally? I do it on paper mostly. I have nice. a journal, let's say, for everything that is leadership related, leadership management work related. It's, it can be some quote, it can be a short reflection thought on, on something. It could be, uh, looking back, what did I do yesterday? Uh, what did I learn, uh, in the last month? Um, how am I progressing or, um, for the future? What are the plans? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also have, I don't know, like three or four other books, uh, notebooks where I, for each topic, I have one of those. One is about uh, product development and um, business value. Another one is about strategy. Another one is about uh, actually computer programming. Mm -hmm. And I jot my notes there. So in a way, I'm already like categorizing this uh, this knowledge. But then once I'm, I've written all this knowledge down, how do I remember where I put it? in all those <laughs> notebooks right yeah so first of all i'm again surprised how similar we are in this in that sense because i'm i'm writing it all down as well i mean my biggest hobby are actually fountain pens so oh. i try to uh, use as much paper as i can and yeah for me as well writing it down by hand is just uh, triggers something that and it just works much better for me. So I did answer that I'm just throwing out my full notebooks, but that is, of course, not the full story. Mm -hmm. um, so I have this, I use this method called bullet journaling oh, uh, for my for my day-to-day -day tasks. And yeah, that is basically just a running task uh, list in a way. And that is not so useful to keep around. But when I was a manager and I did did have a special notebooks for the one-on-ones with everyone. And of course I kept that mm. because that is sort of interesting to look back on. Or let's say it could be interesting, but I never really did look back. Do you That's... really think it's, it's for, should be for your use? Like I see the reason why keeping a recording of what was discussed could help with helping the person to uh, progress like where are we in your growth where are we in your career path um, keeping record also of uh, constructive feedback and how the person has reacted to it uh, or positive feedback that's also very important especially uh, in my opinion if then at some point um, you have a kind of like a performance review or uh, or the person changes manager so you have something to keep to give to uh, mm. to the other manager. Here's everything. Um, but is it really useful for you, or 
I mean, for me, the useful part is the act of writing it mm. down. I mean, there's this this comp uh, notebook company that has. Oh, let me see if I can get the slogan right. Uh, I don't write it down to remember it later. I write it down to remember it now. Oh, nice. So this is field notes where they're basically saying if you write it down, then you don't need your notes because you'll just remember it anyway. Absolutely. Totally agree. And yeah, I mean, I, for me, it goes as far as I I think better when I write it down instead of trying just to think about it and then having to formulate an opinion. Mm -hmm. For me, it just takes a bit of time. And if I can write it down and think like that, that just works better. So for me, that is the main use of a notebook and maybe keeping a task list of stuff that I should eventually get around to doing. Yeah. Now for the task list, I agree. Uh, I'm actually using post-its instead. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, after... <laughs> After the lockdown started, uh, I got myself a whiteboard and um, I'm using that as a sort of like a backlog of uh, visual representation of all the topics that uh, I'm juggling at the moment. Mm -hmm. And they can be short or long term. It doesn't really matter, but they are there in order of priority somehow. Um, and then every day yeah. I uh, select at least two things that I have to do for the day uh, and that's my goal uh, and mm -hmm. I stick them there so these are my notes uh, and if I have other tasks then uh, I might add some more and just stuff them on the on the whiteboard and those they just go away at the end of the at the end of the day yeah that that's nice that is sort of the one thing you're missing when you're doing everything remotely right mm -hmm. it all has to be on the computer and you can never have a real board uh, sort of in the original sense yes i i do have one on my wall here with uh, i use index cards a lot as well mm. the smallest i can find so a8 i think um sort of for shopping lists and stuff like yeah. that but for my side project i i i always try to put it into github issues and stuff like that but it just works better if it's on the wall I know, right? So that's um, yeah. Yeah, I also cannot cannot really find a a real correspondence with with whatever virtual tool you have there and the feeling that I get from from actual real things in that sense. Mm. But if you say that your notebooks are mostly like task lists, then I could see why you throw them away. <laughs> it's not for remembering in the long term. Yeah. Day. Yeah, let me look. So there, there is a actual website where you can sort of add, you keep track of your notebooks and I think of topics mm -hmm. to help them find it. I don't. We can add all of these things in the in the show notes. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is one of the things that this sort of bullet journaling also tries to solve mm. because you don't just jot down your notes, but you sort of keep an index in the beginning where say on this page. Or on these pages, this is the topic we're talking about. Mm. So you at least get some way of helping you to find where stuff is instead of having to read everything again. Yeah, for now, what I'm trying to do, uh, actually, the index is virtual instead of being physical. I have a note in uh, in Bear. I use Bear as a markdown text editor. And that is my index. So I put links 
two notes about a specific topic. So maybe I have one on stress. And in there, I write down the day in which I noted something about stress in one of my journals, uh, or mm-hmm. if I read, if I read a particular article, uh, and maybe a link to um, pocket uh, to the pocket uh, article or something like this, then um, then I have a few a few tags, and that helps shaping already the tree of uh, indexes in there. And there's this main note where I put a link to all the notes in the so that I can jump easily from one to the other. Uh, I write down maybe the names uh, of the people I was reading uh, articles from or books even. And, and that I find it a little bit more convenient because uh, I, me and my phone, we are... Uh, like it's an extension of me <laughs> i never <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> leave it behind um so that that is uh that is really something that then works how long have you been doing uh bullet journaling maybe two three years okay or something like that i mean this is one of the 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 nice things about it there are certain rules and guidelines but in the end you just adjust it to whatever works mm. for you on a new day i just write down the date and then then i start writing down tasks and maybe sometimes stuff that i did and then there's some special sections about i don't know things that are i think will be important for the next retro or some kind of company-wide meeting where i want to take notes and stuff like that yeah that's that sort of the extent i use a bullet journal for so the actual method is also about planning ahead and stuff like that but that never worked for me calendar entries and everything needs to be digital for me that's just so much more convenient yeah i can see that what about planning per se i mean work-wise there isn't that much planning i'm doing right Mm -hmm. i basically look at the board and see what's what's there to do and then maybe i know mondays is where we do our planning so if there are stories to write i know that i need to have them written by then and this doesn't really change right it's not like one week it's monday the next week it's like thursday so this is fixed so it's not like something i need to plan for did you notice a striking difference from when you were a manager instead you mean apart from all the meetings yes you go to mostly <laughs> about the, the the planning uh of your of your meetings of your of your work not really no mm-hmm. i mean sort of it always revolved around the journal right yeah if there's something new you just write it down and then you either get it done or you look at it the next day or the next week or something mm-hmm. and i think one of the core ideas behind bullet journaling is it's what's called migration where you regularly look through your tasks and find anything that's not that hasn't been done yet and then you decide if you're still going to do it then you write it down again sort of uh, as as one of today's entries if not then you just strike it out and this is one of those that's nice nice, nice uh, tools to make you think about it again and really only do the things that are important is there any point in time in which you drop those tasks do you set yourself a limit of times in which you migrate something Mm, not really it depends it really depends on what it is 
yeah sometimes i do and sometimes i just keep keep it around for for a long time because i know eventually that this needs to get done okay but maybe not this week i i migrate my stuff basically at the beginning of the week if there's stuff left from the week before then then i sort of copy it all over and then yeah sometimes there's sort of tasks that eventually need to be done but they are not really urgent but i don't want to forget about them so i just move them again and again and hopefully get around to them eventually <laughs> do you have any preferred brand of notebooks i know that some people swear by one or the other because of paper color whatnot so i mean as this is my main hobby of course i do have an opinion <laughs> on that stuff that's what i wanted to hear uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i mean the, the I, I use fountain pens so paper is kind of important you don't want to use something like uh, moleskine because the paper is crap ah interesting and it and it i mean that they have a good brand and good marketing but the actual product is really really bad um what would you recommend instead i mean there there's this i think it's actually a german company called uh leuchtturm mm -hmm. they make nice notebooks i think they're also okay with fountain pens if you're really interested in paper then of course you go to japan yes because they are still as far as i know as from from what people say a really paper-based uh society even more than germany <laughs> <laughs> which isn't very digital either no coming from italy i thought we were behind but guys <laughs> wow contactless payment available in germany since i don't know a year or something exactly like <laughs> um yeah because they have really really awesome paper what about Muji notebooks? So Muji doesn't make their own notebooks. So it, I guess it depends on which batch you're getting. I mean, if you're not using fountain pens, then I think everything should be fine. If you are, then I don't know. It depends. Then it depends. Okay. <laughs> should we wrap it up? Okay. Yeah. Let's let's wrap it up. I think 40 minutes or something like that is, is long enough for an episode. I still have to edit mm -hmm. this eventually yeah <laughs> we don't know we don't want to overdo it and we also want to have enough topics uh for the next exactly. weeks i guess not that we should have a problem no i don't I guess, think so but, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so if you're listening to this then thank you for sticking with us for the whole episode thank you so very much and uh talk to you next time see you next time bye bye, -bye. bye, -bye.